Hello there, welcome to the Being Fine Facebook group and the live videos that we are running every Wednesday at 7pm GMT. I'm Jo Baldwin-Trott, the editor of the book Being Fine and I'm the publisher too, it's the publishing company of Proper Books, which is my company. The book Being Fine, the other F word, is a, very much has a focus of men's mental health, men's communication, uh, men's energy um, to be put on a vague front but we have been um, I've been very blessed to have two authors and actually the foreword of this book is written by a woman um, but one of the female authors is joining me tonight and I'm very thrilled to interest, introduce you to Laurel Rond. Hi Laurel. Hello nice to be here. Oh, thanks for coming along on the very first of the Being Finds of uh, 2021. So um, the book will be out by the end of the month. I'm absolutely determined <laughs> that it will be out by the end of the month. But thank you very much, Laurel, for coming tonight and also for joining this really important conversation, which is aimed at men. But there are a few of us women, and obviously me included, that have a fair bit to say and a huge amount of support for men and why they don't speak up. So yeah, so we, what I'd like to do start with is talk about your work because your um, your background and your your fields and where you where you come from has very much lends itself. And I know you work with men. You've worked with men and women in the past. But um, tell us about your history, Laurel, and uh, what what led you to write for this brilliant book. I've been very interested in the way the mind works um, and having worked quite a lot with history, looking at how patterns repeat themselves in lives. Um, I've gone down the psychological route, but also the route of what would it be like if we had past lives and if we repeated patterns from those lives. Now, I'm completely convinced that that is the case, but one doesn't have to believe that that's the case. It's a good model. It's a good coat hanger to hang various ideas off. And these have led me to looking at mythology and archetypes. Um, and there's an absolutely brilliant uh, story, Celtic story of Parsifal, who's one of the knights, or becomes one of the knights of King Arthur's round table, as to how a man is supposed to become a man. And he does what none of us want to do. He fails and he fails and he fails. He eventually gets there. But this understanding that failure is part of the process is something we all really need to take on board, whatever gender we are. We somehow have created a culture where we think it's about success and about straight A's at school um, and everyone getting a first-class degree. And it's terrifying. It, it, it stops us from from looking inside ourselves in a real way, it stops us from becoming vulnerable. And this, I believe, is a huge problem for both genders, but in particular for men. It's as though if a man becomes vulnerable, he cannot become a real man. 
And yet, unless a man becomes vulnerable, he cannot become a real man. So there's this horrible dichotomy there, which I think is tearing men apart. Um, it's, it's stopping that they no longer have a role that, that's predictable. Um, it's a bit like COVID and, and all of us at the moment. Life is no longer predictable. Um, we have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Actually, the past is now irrelevant. All we've got is the present moment, which on one level is brilliant. We're all being brought into the present moment. But unless we embrace things like vulnerability, uh, that becomes excruciatingly painful. Um, and this is causing huge issues with mental health. Absolutely. And the, the fascinating thing when I received your chapter was that you had kind of encompassed a, a, a point of relevance that was raised in every single chapter by every man that had submitted theirs already. Um, because you actually were one of the, the last people to come on board with the project. And but it was wonderful because you were giving a very different perspective of this key word, vulnerability, um, and also the element of social social conditioning that yeah. virtually every single author, male author of this book has touched on and not only touched on, this is what's driven them to, to go down, sadly, a very, very terrible uh, slippery slope into un unwellness and, and mental health issues. So, you know, it, so there, for me, there seems two, two elements to what you're saying. And firstly, it's social conditioning, which, you know, I think the male authors cover brilliantly in this book. And they talk about their own stories of how they have felt so pressurized to be, like you say, you know, not just earning, earning the money, like, you know, but actually achieving and more achieving and more achievement and more achievement. You know, there's always something bigger and, and shinier to achieve and, and get. Um, and and then also there's this element of what what are we as humans and how have men evolved and that's the one I'd like us to focus mm -hmm. on tonight because mm -hmm. you and I have done work I've worked with you personally you've been my um, you've been my client and I've been your client actually um, over the years and archetypes and the the mythology and the power of those wonderful stories which come through our ancestry. They have such relevance, don't they? But, but that sadly, that so what what is happening for men? You know, with with their roles, what do you believe has has gone wrong, and where do we need to go? Where do, what do we need to change to, to help come out of it? I don't I don't think anything's gone wrong. I just think this is the experiment that is humanity. Um, you know, we, we've we've put this extraordinary species that we are into a melting pot and we see what happens and now we're at a stage i i there's a lot of historical um evidence that for a very long time in the beginning with with the stone age which went on for millions of years um that we lived generally under a matriarchy um and because it wasn't realized that men had anything to do with procreation, um, men served the women and the women created and, and, and they were worshipped as, as the creators. And then men started to get um, fed up, just as women have got fed up by repression. 
Um, and they didn't want to be told what to do by women any longer. And, and when they dis discovered that, in fact, they were 50% of the creation process, they took that physical strength and they decided they were going to be the boss. That's actually happened for a fairly short time, um, probably 6,000 years. So a much, much shorter time than matriarchy. Um, but now the, the, the point, I believe, of this human experiment is that we balance up. And the divine feminine, as we call it, went into hiding during patriarchy. Now the divine feminines come back. And it's not that we're going to go back into matriarchy. It's that the divine masculine and feminine are now ready to marry each other and be equal. And that is true in all of us as well. So we as women, we have um, a default to the divine feminine. But in order to become whole, we need to find our masculine. And a man has a default towards his masculine, but in order to become whole, he has to find his divine feminine. And if you look archetypally at, at this, it's very interesting because each archetype has light qualities and shadow qualities. This doesn't mean good and bad. The light qualities are the ones that we can own, that we can we can say we have, we can work with. The shadow ones are the ones that we really don't want to know about. Um, and a lot of, of our work in finding our wholeness is in accepting and integrating the shadow. So the shadow of, well, the, the light qualities of the male are, are, are very recognizable qualities. So, so courage, strength, vitality, decisiveness, focus, that kind of, of, of thing. Whereas the shadow of the male, if it goes, if it, no, not if it goes wrong, if the coin flips into darkness, then, then the divine masculine can become aggressive and ruthless and argumentative and mechanistic. Mm. And all of us, irrespective of gender, have both light and shadow. Mm. So as a woman, we equally have to integrate both. So for a man, he needs, in order to find his wholeness, he needs to find the light and the shadow of the female. So the female light things are emotions, which is what this book is all about. Um, feelings, tenderness, tenderness relatedness, um, love, compassion, creativity, um, all wonderful things, but they demand a certain vulnerability. But the shadow, and we can all go into this, are moodiness, sentimentality, hysteria, possessiveness, withdrawal. Now, that's an interesting one. That withdrawal is in the shadow 
feminine because a lot of men appear to withdraw but that's actually something about the female that they're learning so it it, it is fascinating we it it we don't want to be too analytical about it because mm. we're all made up of various proportions of gender and gender that we don't consider to be gender in the same way anymore so to say that it's black and white again is a light shadow thing but generally in order whatever sex we are in order to find ourselves we need to look inside and again generally the masculine is the outer world and the feminine is the inner world cultural conditioning tells us to live in the outer world and it moves away from the internal but it's very important to find your divine female that you 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 go inside and that's what the Parsifal story is all about so women's roles have have evolved like like men's roles have and it sounds like that we as women many women have become very evolved for, uh, very much in the outer world then so very yeah. much so task focused um you know um very decision making you know very um uh, always still steering the ship instead of being present in it um and divine feminine i if i'd had a pound i'd heard that every time i heard that word this week so it we keep the divine is coming up the divine feminine divine masculine the divine feminine seems to be a part of the picture because um you know that there are definitely elements you know in all of us that need like you say it's about being whole isn't it um, yeah. and sadly yeah. men and women have gone down have gone instead of being whole we've, yeah. we've gone too far down the separate yeah. paths and actually yeah. none neither of which serve us but also and the thing i'd like to come on to is is that really confuses the relationships <laughs> um, because actually in, in virtually every single chapter in this book from the, the male authors at some point there's a relationship problem because or challenge rather because that the male doesn't fit that the men haven't felt they can open up and share and and that has that's got two parts to it themselves because of how he feels but also how he feels his relationship and how the partner is in his life is yeah that makes sense yeah i, I think relationships are probably the hardest thing we ever have to negotiate it's they're also probably the strongest learning ground that we have to find ourselves um, because we are faced with our opposite. And in shadow stuff, the, all the stuff we don't acknowledge, we project onto that person who then becomes a all that we don't want to face. So it's not surprising that relationships end up being battlegrounds and power battles. Um, if only we could learn how to open up to each other. I, I personally think that the two words to consider with this are being and doing. And it's another marriage. 
So this is, uh, again, a big picture thing um, that the divine female is about being and the divine male is about doing. We need both, but energy first comes into being. Once it's into being, it then wants to do something in order to be in the world. We need to have action. That's the masculine. But first, we've got to be. And for that, we need the female. So there's there's also a there's a journey that goes on here. And it's not we, you know, culturally, we've arrived at the doing bit and we've taken out the being bit. Well, you can't do that. It's like cutting off your legs. And therefore, we arrive in a relationship, probably with lots of lovely biological attraction stuff. But once that works its way through, the foundation isn't there, the foundation of being. So therefore, neither sex wants to be uh, vulnerable and neither wants to open up because they're too busy trying to be cleverer than the other person. So it's it's about kind of keeping like the one-upmanship then. Sorry yeah. that that's not the word man in, but I can't think of a better way of putting it. Yeah, I, I absolutely think it is. And if you look at relationships over many, many years, um, there generally is a power struggle in the middle. Now, that power struggle can then teach um, two people if they keep on uh, at it and working and putting in energy and time to showing them what real love is so the in love turns to love but generally there's power there and then you realize you've got the great s word surrender you realize that you actually cannot hold this power battle any longer and you just have to give in and at that point of giving in then you become vulnerable, then you can open up. And if you have a relationship which can handle that and you both do that at the same time, it can be beautiful. Okay, so so it's a, like a contract for both of you then to just agree that you are going to be vulnerable with each other. Is it that yeah. simple? Yeah. Well, is it that simple? Um, you have to be allowed to cry. You have to be allowed to... You have to be allowed to be everything that you are and everything that you are is not wonderful. You know, we've all got our grotty bits. We say warts and all, love me warts and all, um, with, with a colossal dose of humor and acceptance and all these qualities which we hope we will learn, honesty, compassion, love, all of this stuff. Those are the transformers that turn being in love into real love and ultimately unconditional love. I love you, whatever you do, whoever you are, I love you. End of. I am love. It's a state of being and we go back to the being. Love is not something you do. It's something that you are. So you've got a beautiful marriage there. Yeah. So, but you've got to love from within first before you can obviously yeah. love. And, and, and it's, you've got to love yourself first. 
Um, I mean, this is a hackneyed thing about loving yourself first, but it's true. If you do not love yourself and you do not integrate all this stuff in yourself, how do you even know what love looks like? How do you embrace it and be that love? Because you're not always going to like that person. Of course you're not, but you can always love them if you love yourself. Yeah. So it, it's accepting us for all that we are. Um, so that conditioning that you can't be this, you can't be that, you can't cry. And that's that has happened to women as much as men, but more men. But, so all of that, we're, we're failing. You know, we're feeling emotional. Oh, you're failing. We feel yeah. like crying. Oh, you're failing. So this this terrible um, degradation of our of our humanness, uh, you know, a depletion almost, isn't it? It's it's tragic. Mm. I mean, um, there is extant, there is expansion and there is contraction, and that's it. So what happens with many of us and in and out of relationships is that we contract. We try to become small enough to be acceptable in whatever, whether it's by society or by our relationship or our work, whatever it is, we, we, we do this. Instead of which, if we expand then the beautiful things happen. But we come back again to what we talked about at the beginning, this word failure. Yeah, we fail. We fail, we fail, we fail. And we get up and we fail again. And each time we try again, we find a little bit more. And it's like practice. You practice the piano, you practice meditation, you practice um, athletics. You don't, you're not suddenly born with this ability. You do it, you repeat it again and again and again and again. You learn a language. We practice for years to, to be able to speak eloquently. We don't come into the world able to do it. And practice means failure. We need to embrace failure. Um, and unfortunately, society has said to men that, that masculinity and failure cannot exist in the same sentence we have to quash that the whole Parsifal story is about failure he's laughed at he's humiliated he's um, degraded others just bless him he has a dreadful time but he gets there in the end because he keeps on trying and as he tries he learns and he understands eventually what he has to do and, and that's very much about love, isn't it? The passable story. I'm just going to have to take, take one second off camera, yeah. so I'm just going to disappear. But um, can we just talk about love and relationships and where you, where you feel, because you have been working in therapy for years and years and you've worked a lot on relationship. So can you just, just cover what that means to you? Just well, one second, I need to disappear on camera. My, my delightful little dog has a very nice little dog. She's, she's the size of a kitten. But um, if you could explain that, because I think that's amazing. Yes. Yes. So, so to relate to somebody requires being with them. And this can be with your children. It can be with um, your spouse. It can be with a friend. It can be with nature. And the perfect... Uh, example of relationship now is our relationship with the earth we have raped her we have abused her 
All of these things is what we have done to each other. And the earth is showing us what we have done to each other. And it feels as though we don't have the time to put things right so that the earth can continue to support us. But actually, it's really simple and it's really fast. If we all came into right relationship with each other and ourselves, the relationship with the earth would change overnight. We would no longer abuse animals, resources, trees, nature. We wouldn't want to do it because we would be in a state um, of being that honoured everything, that respected everything, that honoured and respected everyone, that honoured and respected ourselves, whether we are male or female. And when we do that, then our relationship with the earth will change and the earth herself will change. And I actually think that COVID is about this as well. But that's a whole other story. Well, let's um, let's try not to get banned from Facebook, maybe. But, Absolutely. Um, but, <laughs> but no, 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 you're fine. I, I'm 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 saying it tongue in cheek. But um, but yeah, because it makes sense. If we're not respecting ourselves and nurturing who we are, then you yeah. know we are just destroying the planet at a phenomenal rate. The, the planet's always evolved, but the destruction rate at the moment is just it's unprecedented. And and so it suddenly, you know, the way you put it just makes so much sense that we, we must start looking after each other, but also the planet, because it's only it's only reflecting, isn't it? What we how we're looking at our own bodies. because We're not yeah. we're not looking after our bodies properly. We're eating the wrong foods, filling them with, you know, and filling with chemicals, not looking yeah. after our environments, mm -hmm. filling our houses with radiation etc etc it's all part and parcel of it isn't it I suppose. if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable then we have to ask what do i need to strengthen and all of those things are very obvious we need clean food we need a clean mind we need a clean heart we need fresh air and exercise frankly we don't need an awful lot more than that we don't need all this stuff it just mm. gets in the way and 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 there are days when we feel vulnerable we have to allow that to happen um but always asking ourselves what do we need and what do, do other people need so yeah there we go i i think transformation is happening and uh, i absolutely believe wholeheartedly that we will transform and are transforming but like childbirth it's painful <laughs> it sure is <laughs> yep. oh and it does you know let's come let's round it off before we finish you know it does come back to being vulnerable and allowing our vulnerability to shine I mean I personally have just started really sharing about how I suffer SAD um yeah. you know and I've I've suffered that for years I've been poohooed people have said oh I don't believe that's such a thing um but you know it it's it, it's realizing that it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's how you feel and believe uh, that that's all that matters, isn't it? And sharing that and with our loved ones, because, you know, I, I think that's this is a difficult time for so many. It's a difficult time for many who suffer from anything to do with seasonal affective disorder um, in, the, in the northern hemisphere anyway. Um, and, you know, and 
and it's certain parts of the of where the climate is so dark this time of year so it's really important we start being honest with ourselves um, and admitting and that is actually what the book is just about really very simply isn't it and and in being in such a dark time this is the internal time it's the introspection time um in the summer we're out we're active we're doing in the winter we withdraw we come into ourselves we we sit and we talk to people and we admit that you know life isn't always easy and we cry on each other's shoulders and that's beautiful just holding the space, isn't it, and allowing it to come, come forward and not not closing it down and allowing it to manifest physically because part of your, your work in the past has been healing with um, sound and, you know, everything manifests in some way. It doesn't disappear because there's nowhere to disappear to. Um, energy is everything, even though we can't see it. So this is the... The sort of, you know, the tragedy is that there are so many um, ailments on there that could be reflective of exactly what you're saying. Well, uh, you and I both believe in this, so I would say are reflective of the fact that we're not allowing our humanness to come through and our vulnerability, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially you know, and how that manifests in in the body through certain oh, parts absolutely. of the body. You you can look at, the, at what the body is. To, our bodies are our best friends, and we ignore them until they go wrong they're not mm. going wrong they're telling us what we need to look at and if yeah. you start to read the body and understand the language of the body uh then actually miracles are very very possible absolutely we don't know what we were uh, capable of do we absolutely. so Thank you so much, Laurel. I'm just going to mention, just because I can, because you know this is this is sort of slightly my my gig as well as yours. But obviously, you are one of the incredible therapists and experts on an International Immunity Month, which is also running this month in January. So, if you are interested in immunity, um, which is at the core of our health, then then flip over to that after this um, and join the uh, like the Facebook page. International Immunity Month, where you can hear more from Morel. Um, I will um, be posting some information from her as well in there. But Laurel, just one final: what what would be your support for, with with your sort of previous therapist head on and with your what would you say to men who who are listening to this and women, obviously, but but people are listening to this and recognizing that they're not necessarily being as vulnerable as they can. What would you say to them? What would you offer as your best kind of guidance for them? I would say first and foremost, listen. As you say, that word is magical. We are terribly forward in giving opinions and making judgments. Just detach, sit back and listen. And that detachment will help you to balance out a little bit. And once you have listened, allow yourself to listen to yourself because you will tell yourself what you need and then you find one person maybe two but no more than that that you trust and you talk to them do not talk to loads and loads of people that just dissipates energy but find one or two people you can talk to and and allow yourself to make mistakes while you talk allow yourself to to um work out how you feel while you talk 
because verbalising it isn't easy, is it? It really no, isn't. It's very hard. Thank you very much, Laurel. It's been fantastic talking to you. And obviously, if you are really struggling and you do feel like you don't have what those one per that one person or those two people, then please go to www.myblackdog.co. My Black Dog, uh, we are supporting them. They are supporting us because they're an incredible charity who offer online peer-to-peer -peer support. Um, and obviously, if you really are struggling, then contact the Samaritans, 116 one, two, three, uh, they will be there for you 24 seven um, on the end of the phone. So Laurel Rond, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It has been absolutely awesome, as it always is speaking to you. Um, I wish you a lovely evening. Thank you. And thank you for um, inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you for watching everyone. This is Joe Baldwin Trot, the Being Fine Facebook group. Uh, please join us there. You will not only hear about the next live next Wednesday, but also when the book is coming out. Have a good evening, everyone. Take care and uh, have, a, have a relaxing, light some candles um, and uh, reach out to some friends if you feel like you need some help. Take care, everyone. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.